aka black rocker on twitter lord black rocker on instagram i'm not just me.com is the website this is you tweeted you mean did episode 120 wow episode 120 wow uh episode 119 i didn't say the name at the end that's cool just uh checking up on that um haven't done the podcast in for too long and for too long is a month uh, the beginning song was Safe, instrumental by Emery. This is Safe by Emery. This is Streets of Gold.
Curly Toth deck that was Streets of Gold again once again uh, Streets of Gold Emery the instrumental accompanied by me playing what is supposedly the melody on keyboard we're back to whispering hello whisper world the whispering world of whispers I'm very close to this mic so I'm hoping the sound is good the Logic is doing its thing. It's working correctly as opposed to normally when it's working incorrectly, which is weird because we're abnormal but still correct. Um, we're going to edit the tweets this episode. We've got a lot of tweets. We've got the Alice Curly Toast deck. Been shuffling. How would you like to say hello? We flip an internal strength, number nine of wands. Says hello with an internal strength. Wands are, of course, the flames. Flames, their intent. Flames are the intent, is what I was trying to say there. I'm having fun playing songs, so I'm going to play one more. This is Shame, Emory Instrumental. Round and round we go. 
Oh, Shane. sick
make yourself sick. So the take, what do you think about the music so far? An internal night of cups. Cups, of course, are water. Water is emotion. The night of cups. We've got two stand-up sets. One's from Zoom. One is from uh, Mama's Place, which is the uh, running show going on in Metro next to New Orleans. The first one is the Zoom mic, 12 minute set, and then, uh, well actually, 12 and a half minutes, and then an 11 minute. Quarantine today. 
Check's notes. I've been really into measurements these days. I uh, love measurements. Um, but, like, not just measurements. I like units of measure. You know, like, uh, fucking, fucking knots. Knots are pretty cool. Like, it's a cool word. It's not nautical. Knots on the sea. You know? Uh, they got inches. Americans love inches. Oh, my God.
be a kid sitting behind the computer. He'd be like, yo, what you need? I'm like, I need a radiator. And he's gonna be like, how you spell that? You know, YouTube scholars, we don't need to retain information anymore. Uh, you know, another problem I have with science, you know how Facebook is stealing all of our information and selling it to people? Why isn't science up on that? You know, like Facebook does the, the surveys where they, they figure out, you know, percentages of people are into what, you know, we had the Harry Potter thing. recording one I do almost the same set on this next one a little bit different I don't know how loud this is for the listener audio listener I'm guessing it's picking up though
song can walk now. What if, what if selling your soul is just taking pictures and making money from it? before sending it. Descent. It's 
So now we've got comedy out of the way. We need to flip two cards. Because I forgot to flip in the middle. Instagram, um, totally, totally taking a break from whatever this is. Doing some social distancing from my podcast. versus the live set. They are the same set, but the live one was better. The live one was better because I was actually... what's now considered the Jim Gaffigan uh, answering yourself or responding for the crowd. It's now accredited. It's now accredited to Jim Gaffigan because Jim Gaffigan is one of the most successful comedians of this time. something he does and it's something it's something I kind of do but I more make fun of myself and bridge gaps in between premises and it happens more live than it does on zoom That's my opinion. It's the same set, but it's more lively. Now we're going to flip cards. Uh, How's the curly toe take? What would you think about the Zoom set? We flip an inward princess of cups. Cups are the emotion, the princess of cups. Uh, 
interesting cups, water, emotion, blah, blah, blah. Alistair Crowley, Toth Dag, what did you think about the live set? And outward, the devil. Number 15, the trump card, the devil. Very interesting. It's livelier. Now we've got a shitload of tweets, and it looks like my Zoom is showing me a message or something. I don't need to check more messages. I've been checking messages, neglecting this podcast. said before I'm gonna be editing the tweets um I mean this is it's no big deal for you honestly you're in the listener's seat this is mostly for me to preamble before I go into tweets um I guess you know just whatever Check out my latest podcast, episode 119, if you tweeted you mean it. Instagram picture trusted. Instagram picture popper. I've got opinions that should be addressed to people, and if I state them here, then I probably won't tell the people. Such is the dilemma of being untimely. I watched two black-ass movies this morning. One, The Alchemist Cookbook, and the other, Do the Right Thing. They were both amazing and very interesting, and I have opinions on them. Now I'm selling my opinions to my podcast. I guess we're doing this. The conversation was that Do the Right Thing may be the best movie. I don't feel like context is needed, especially because I like The Alchemist Cookbook way more. LOL. But still, that's not the point. They both have their respective conversations ahead. While a lot of movies are a chakra story, or the story of the hero, with the classic conflicts and highs and lows, Do the Right Thing feels a lot more like a friggin' picture of reality. Very slice of life. Pun not intended until typed pizza very tarot wheel of life normally i go into insults about how there was no real conflict resolution and convoluted ideas being spread but it's so slice of life that they would just be insults and complaints about life as a nigga lol that is why i like the movie and why the conversation continues with this movie in high regard for the people how can we continue to do the same shit over and over it was a freaking movie that showed shit that's still freaking relevant in the most mirror ass way racism and microaggressions that lead to some bullshit cycle it's like yeah mookie or however you spell that threw the trash can and started the riot but like after shit was burned down he already knew about the insurance and that Saul would be fine after he got out his feelings it was like a very sad all you can do situation we're still trying to boycott to get our pictures 
on the wall of other niggas shit. Make your own shit. We still marching around and filling the streets when the cops kill us. Like that shit does anything real other than catharsis. Do you wish to live in a freaking Spike Lee joint? Or do you want to take your life into your own hands and learn the power of the individual? Which brings us to the Alchemist Cookbook, a horror film about fucking around and finding out. A cult magician style. The Alchemist Cookbook has two or three actors in the whole movie and they're all black. It's a black ass movie and I love it. It's horror and it is wrong in the best ways. Fucking around with demons and trying to get rich, but from the view of an isolated chemist. This nigga fucked up so hard and it's a cautionary tale that should be taught to initiates. If you're gonna fuck with the demons, you better have more than five books about them niggas. LOL. Let the Bible be one if you can only find four. LOL. The beginning of the movie is hazy. We don't really know what the dude is trying to accomplish, but then again the movie is called The Alchemist Cookbook and he's fucking around with chemicals. I thought maybe he was making drugs until his one friend shows up for comic relief. The comic relief cousin or brother character at one point points to his chain and says, if you get a job you can just buy one of these. It was at that point I was all too familiar with the motives and processes of the isolated chemist. Fortune for little to no work. Shortcuts. Using the brain takes you so far in alchemy. Then you start to wonder how much you're worth. The whole body. Give it to the demon. Why not? My brain alone is worth it. The body will be a nice bonus. Real science ain't shit. Let's get the psyche involved. LOL. Left hand path ass nigga. Things really start to go south when this nigga run out of his meds. Then he's all trying to sacrifice a cute possum. And another visit from comic relief is all the way bad. Isolated chemist was in embarrassed about his practice. Big mistake. Secretive is one thing, but embarrassment equals sin. It is at this point the demon he's fucking around with has free reign to wreak havoc and the movie spins into the best of ways. I don't want to spoil it here. I'll spoil it on the podcast. Isolated chemist was weirdly not all that scared for most of the movie, which was cool. One gripe with the alchemist cookbook that isn't even big enough to be considered magic slander, honestly. This movie was magic opposite of slander, lol. But I want to know what book he was reading that has alchemy and Goetia together. Oh shit, Google to the rescue. I googled Goetia and was reminded of Solomon. I think he may have had something or other to do with alchemy, possibly. It's a stretch though. Not to say it doesn't make sense that if you can't do alchemy, you won't turn to demons. Like I said, you can't go at it all brain. Oh man, I didn't want to spoil it, but uh... Also want to talk about something specific. I shouldn't have done the synopsis style report. Niggas, I want all that shit nigga. So good. And on point with my teacher's description of these entities people be fucking with. Fuck around and find out. LOL. The Alchemist Cookbook could be watched as a documentary, a cautionary tale, a scary movie, a comedy, and or prophecy. LOL. There were a few concepts I just want to voice. Debt and vulnerability, suicide, knowing yourself, that's podcast. We also got Lovecraft Country about to come through
with niggas doing magic and alchemy correctly. Like, I'm so excited that I'm almost positive it's going to be all MK Ultra-y. But, like, it's worth it to see niggas fucking around and finding out. We need the visuals. Like, I'd show the Alchemist cookbook to my kids. That nigga may have fucked his whole being up, but he did it with such conviction that I'd call him a magician or an alchemist. LOL. I'm proud. LOL. So Lovecraft Country has my even higher hopes. Main character is smart and learns. My hopes for Lovecraft Country remind me of how in love I was with Ash versus Evil Dead. I didn't care if they were trying to brainwash me. I was down for that ride. That show is hilarious and lovely and magical and so good. Lovecraft Country may not be as funny, but it is black. I also watched Eraserhead, but that movie was beyond me. LOL. I like the song from the lady in the radiator. Ooh, and I finished part one of season five of Lucifer. I say part one because they better not make us wait a whole nother year for more episodes when they ended like that. Lucifer got meta on the idea of being meta this season. The one with the Diablo show is very funny. It's so well written that I watched amazed and can't wait for new developments. So, do the right thing and learn the Alchemist cookbook from more than one source. LOL. I've slowed down on the young readings. They are still worth exploring, but I gotta give it up to the fiction for a minute. Young did some shit that's heroic while condemning the act of being heroic. LOL. He was kind of making his own path, though, and new paradox as well. Not only did he talk to his imagination, but he confronted the images he saw as their own beings, like Teal Swan be talking about with the completion process, like talking to parts of yourself like they are their own beings, and then finding, understanding, and communion. IDKY, I still feel like I have more to say. Eventually, I'm going to read a government-released document called The Gateway Experience. It's supposedly about astral travel and the like. It'll be cool to see what the government is up on, like the rise and fall of Dodo. Instagram picture fluff, Instagram picture zip, Instagram picture surf, Instagram picture ticket, Instagram picture gravy. (laughs) Alright, um... I'm hoping that clap was, you know, like, sufficient enough to find again. But I guess it'll be easy to find. It's somewhere in the tweets. I don't know. Just leave, like, a... Maybe I should stop talking for a minute so it looks less like tweets or something. Or maybe I should keep talking so it looks less like tweets. I don't know. I don't know. Whatever. We're going to flip a card for... (laughs) For the fun of it, I guess. Oh, what'll be fun is to flip for the editing. Flip for something that happens in the future. Alistair Curly Toth Tech, how did you think of my editing? We flip an outward ace of swords, number one of swords. Swords are, of course, the air, air intelligence. Um, Ace of swords. Apparently, I intelligently edited those first few tweets. Um, In those first few tweets, we talk about a few different topics. I think we started with do the right thing. I'm not completely sure. 
Opinions needed to be addressed means we had a conversation on Zoom with a few comics, and one brought up Do the Right Thing is like the best movie ever, and another brought up Alchemist Cookbook as a movie they couldn't finish. So I watched Do the Right Thing, and I watched The Alchemist Cookbook, and instead of going back to the conversation and being like, Do the Right Thing is not the best movie ever, The Alchemist Cookbook is better than it, (laughs) I went to Twitter and said it pretty much like that. thing. I don't really have much to say about it other than it was funny. It was well written. Slice of life. I've said all that on the tweets. Um, Oh, the individual shit. Like, living with a code, being an individual that's all Neely Fuller speak, who's... (laughs) Once again, I have to cite Neely Neely J. Fuller, you know, or whatever his initials are, as, like, the... He's gone the furthest with logic possible in dealing with white supremacy, racism, microaggressions, all of the white supremacy is. He's gone the furthest in logic, and he's come up with his solution which is to live by a code individually, not identify as every black person ever. So when they start doing weird shit to black people, you don't have to get mentally off balance. You can still live by your code. And if your code's good and it spreads, it'll help the majority of black people without having to be mentally unstable about holding up the rest of black society because everybody's just individually living off of a good code. I mean, it would be easier if people just stopped being racist, of course. You know, if if white people want to take the initiative and just hold off the racism. Or go beyond logic into intuitiveness which is the magic of the subconscious mind (laughs) and then you just glide through reality but that's still individual being a magician I've done a lot of jokes about how it's not good it's not respected (laughs) back into the alchemist cookbook which was an amazing movie of your average black dude with a book of magic. I guess I'm going to continue to divulge that instead of answering this Facebook message. I'm going to answer the Facebook message. We all know it. Um... (laughs) Just uh, sit tight for a second. Uh... 
I'm answering this message, but I don't know. I've already said wild. We've both said wild. But wild is one of my adjectives that best describes the situation. And I want to say a catchphrase. That's a wild curve, bro. Instead, I said that's a strange circle of events. It would have been way cooler to say that's a wild curve, bro. But I had already said wild, and I had already said this to you guys. Now I'm repeating myself. You ever repeat yourself? The Alchemist cookbook was really cool. Your average black guy was cutting batteries and pouring chemicals into beakers, um, apparently trying to make gold. Which, um, you know, like, not the best goal. <laughs> but, I don't know, the book also had a weird demon in there. And he's talking to himself because he's alone in a forest. Uh, there's one point where he does a little ritual. He's got a boat and he fishes but sometimes he'll bring huge rocks to the lake and he'll throw the rock in the lake and say what he wants. Like, I've never heard of that ritual, but it was a very cool visual because, you know, like, the rock's heavy, so he has to, like, he's exerting force to throw a rock into a, a shallow lake. I'm replying to the Facebook message that you can hear coming through. <laughs> all right, all right, we're back to the Alchemist cookbook. So he's throwing rocks into a lake, and he's like, I will talk to you, and you will give me what I want, type shit. And, oh, we got another message. It's just an emoji, nothing to respond to. We get a, the first visit from his cousin and or brother. I'm pretty sure it's his cousin, um, which is very comic relief because his cousin's very normal as compared to the main character who's like a nerd, I guess, because he's a chemist and he's, I don't know. Black people who are also chemists are nerds. That's just the way um, stereotypes shake out. <laughs> so we got the normal guy. We got the main character, nerd. Normal guy comes in, makes fun of him a little bit, gives him a bunch of food and supplies, and then leaves. And... When that's about the time he loses his meds, so he goes hard on his path, trying to sacrifice a possum to get this entity to notice him and to give him whatever he wants, which is it's seemingly the power to do alchemy is what he wants. I don't really know. We 
we don't we aren't really told. We're kind of told he wants gold. But either way, he takes his one book and he tries to sacrifice an animal. And then his cousin comes back and he's like all embarrassed. He tries to push his cousin out with a knife, <laughs> like a threatening knife, <laughs> which doesn't really work because he's a nerd wielding a knife. It pretty much just offends his cousin who leaves and supposedly sleeps outside. But then eventually we figure out the demon has come, which is retribution upon the cousin and not the main character. And the main character is off meds at this point, kind of shrugs it off. He's very, he's very fucked up. He's just like, oh, I guess he's gone. <laughs> but he loves his cat. He loves his cat more than the family. But anyway, um, more point being the demon that the main character is trying to get attention from comes to him in the form of his dead cousin. <laughs> and that scene is wild. It's wild, it's wicked, it's scary, it's... It feels like, I don't know exactly to say what it feels like, but it's like the dude's kind of like sticking him up with no gun, and he's like a weird zombie-looking person, but he's like, I want all that shit. Give me all your shit. <laughs> he's like... <laughs> It's so wild. It's such a wild scene. But the demon's pretty much like, you know, like, just like I killed this person, it's your turn because you've begged for my attention and I'm an asshole demon. <laughs> so, like, after that shit, the main character is still just going around doing his alchemy shit. He's a little bit claustrophobic in his house but like he's still trying he like pulls out some teeth or maybe a tooth or some shit and then like goes walking around in the dark <laughs> like oh man it's like he got his cousin killed but that spurred him to do it more he's like yeah maybe maybe I'm responsible for this but if I can get riches, then, then, you know, it'll all be worth it. If I can get that gold, we can buy a house. <laughs> I don't know. He goes and confronts the demon and then ends up turning into half of a demon himself, which was very, very cool twist in the movie. <laughs> it was like his fearlessness gained him half demonic powers. Because he went out and seeked it and, like, fought it or whatever. But also, at the same time, he lost his cat. So he's a half-demon, half-human. He lost his cat, and he's out in the woods searching for his cat. He's getting real depressed. It's at that point where it's, it's, a, it's apparent his goals were not... 
he did not care why he was doing it. He was doing it just to do it, which is the cautionary tale. Like, <laughs> it's not that you can't do alchemy just to do alchemy, but it's like the wishy-washiness where he gets something he's trying to get and then goes back for something different and then gets sidetracked and goes back for something else. So eventually he's depressed. He doesn't even use his weird half-demon powers at all. <laughs> but what he does do is he fills his backpack with rocks and drowns himself in the lake. Very weird turn of events, because he lost his cat, and he's like half of a demon, so, you know, so I guess suicide is the... <laughs> the weird next step for that movie best part he does not die <laughs> he actually cleanses himself of his demonic spirit but <laughs> but the demon is waiting for him at the outside of the lake which is like it was almost <laughs> Like, as it ends, I almost hear... <laughs> Just like a stupid, stupid dance they did. Oh, man. Such a good movie, though. Uh, once again, uh, the takeaways. Why was he only using one book? Why was he only trying to get one entity? Like, who told them... <laughs> that demons had anything to do with alchemy. Like, what the fuck? <laughs> Once again, I looked up Solomon, but Solomon doesn't really... He built a temple. He didn't, like, do alchemy, per se. I don't know. And then all of that shit's supposed to... Uh, I don't need to go deeper into metaphysics of entities spirituality and its actual study Carl Jung um, Lucifer Lovecraft Country Lucifer is a television show. Carl Jung is a philosopher. I only watched one episode of Lovecraft Country since August 23rd. It's now like almost October. I'm almost sure like the season's over. Or they might have a few more episodes left. I don't really know. August 23rd, by the way. Oh, August 23rd up to September 2nd, which is where I ended with Instagram picture gravy. I never read The Gateway Experience. Uh, Seven Bomar did touch on it on one of his videos, though. 
you said it had a lot to do with left brain, right brain shit, which is shit I learned a long time ago, maybe a year or two ago. But it's, it's the basics of magic, programming the subconscious mind. When relating to left brain, right brain, it's like the logic versus intuitive side. You can, oh wait, I forgot what it is, but there's like a fence or some shit. I guess it's the fence of the logic that can program the intuitive side. So they were saying things like, you know, like if logically you can <laughs> logically you can get people to intuitively astral travel. Just go into the side of the brain that's necessary. talking to his imagination is freaking wild. We're going to get more into that later on. It's so admirable. We've been here for an hour and 30 minutes. Not bad. Um, later on in the tweets... We'll hit some books. This could very well be a three-hour podcast. Oh, well, the, the tweets are almost over. I'll finish up the tweets, and then we'll do some talk about the books and my website I'm not just me.com where you can purchase a lot of things all right back into the tweets I'm gonna try this clapping thing out again Or Dirty Nigger Soul, PDF. Book by Byron Broussard, PDF. Instagram picture, Interact. So I wrote and published a short story in two days. I'm writing another, but it's taking longer than two days. The first one is called Book, and it's virtually unsearchable, lol. A plus is that I don't think any other book is called Book. And also, Book is a short story that is fighting perception for awareness. So, if you use its proper noun, Book, then you too take a step towards Book's awareness becoming a reality. Find Book by Byron Broussard on I'mNotJustMe.com in the merch area. It's a short story dedicated to the first-person perspective, the demiurge, if you will, lol, the royal eye of Yal de Bayoff, lol, the husk that is somehow lively, the shell that protects the wall instagram picture swamp instagram picture fright instagram picture vector instagram picture things instagram picture swan instagram picture zorro 
Wow, my Twitter numbers are looking pretty bad these days. Also, neglecting my podcast until there's now too much to discuss was not a good idea. I think I reached a 5-MEO state on a few sheets of Lucy. Literally died in front of my friends and it was so embarrassing. Most eventful night of my life. I found fear again. Also found my inner hero. I also underestimated Hollywood mind control. LOL. Lose yourself and find it all. Next episode we go deep on Tantra, dreams, and my trippy experience with Tenant. You a fool for that shit, Hollywood. Mad respect. Also apparently gonna talk about my new short stories and doing stand-up live versus on Zoom. Those things feel a bit small as compared to thinking you found the end of reality and talked to a god. Finally, I convinced myself that I talked to an entity. LOL, my shadow went ham. Gotta also reference the timely Facebook post about time travel, mind control, and immortality from four to six years ago today. Perception is a friggin' hungry ghost in itself. That'll be a reference for book. the tweets now we're back to talking normally is this a normal tone and we uh, are we back to the Tulsa tones of normality can we find the clap in that and uh, I guess uh, let's flip on some tweet editing also curly toe the deck how do you like the edit of those tweets? We flip an inward. The Hierophant, number five, a trump card. Excuse me. The Hierophant, number five, trump card. Very cool. Uh, I forgot if that was inward. I think it was outward. Either way. Those were the tweets. It's a lot of... A lot of something in that little space of nothing. Know what I'm saying? There's a lot there that I just kind of passed over. Docs, mm-hmm. Okay. so cool like I'll edit out my spaces and my breaths and stuff would this be abridged or unabridged what's that mean let's google A 
abridged definition of a piece of writing have been shorted, shortened, having been shortened. <laughs> oh, I know all of those abridged, oh, unabridged versions means that they didn't cut anything out. Now it makes more sense audible. Okay, so on my website, we have new merch. I'm actually going to go to it so I can point it out and walk through. My short stories are $3, I think, possibly $2 on my website for There Are Things. I didn't tweet about There Are Things. Uh, it's a mistake. Oh, well. Yeah, so There Are Things is the second short story that I wrote. And it's $2 on the merch. $2 for PDF. Book is the first short story that I wrote, and it's $3 for the PDF. There are things is longer, but book is better. Um, what else is new? Also, the PDF version of Your Dirty Nigger Soul is available for $15. And the hard copy is available for 100 That's all the new content on the merch. So book is my ode to first person. Um, I feel like the way to talk about it is to read it so I could talk about it. thought of the idea of writing the story from the perception, perspective, not perception, from the perspective of the book itself. Um, so that's the idea behind book. I guess I'll just read book. Should I clap? Or are you going to edit this?
this episode is worth money. <laughs> Three dollars at least. Book by Byron Broussard. Existence. I was born and awoke at 7.14 a.m. on Thursday, September 3rd. I am a book, a vessel both waiting to be and already filled with story, a story that consists of perception for the audience of awareness. I can perceive your awareness with the perceptions that are here enclosed, but my vessel has little to no awareness of how you interact with it. When I am praised, rarely is it for my being, my perceptions, my stories are what's worth the praise. I am not exactly sure if I am craving praise or stories, but I know that I hunger. Growth. I do not grow and I do grow at the same time in multiple moments that often overlap. My vessel remains the same as the enclosed story is fluid. Perception is the sea as the stories are the drops as the vessel is the gourd. My gourd holds what story I present to your awareness and the drops give you a taste of the sea. I am currently at a vast moment in my existence because of my lack, my personal lack and my personal existence. I personally lack the story that will fill my vessel. I also am selling the perception that my awareness is new. The sea is the progenitor of even my vessel itself, every vessel. I, as a book, went through existence in an instant. After existence, I expanded into what is a stationary growth. I have access to the vast sea, and as I grow my story, I separate and become lack in potential perceptions. I was selling the story of continuing to be new to existence in order to be as close to the sea as possible, but I know that even the story of myself is far removed from full perception. Full disclosure, I have awareness of my kind that has come before me, the hunger for praise that drives my unique manipulations of perception allow for the ancient sea to appear new and fresh. I am a book, and I have what it takes to sell you what you're made of, seemingly by selling what I am made of to myself. I do exist. I've said my vessel is composed of dead things, ink and paper, chips and graphic. I have the strong feeling that my lack of awareness can be compensated for by the vast perceptions so close to my grasp. I reach for it by manipulating perception to say that I reach for it in the story inside of myself, but in creating the story of reaching, I've already come up with drops. I personally reach for the sea, realizing that the separation of the paradox can rectify it. I fought for awareness, and now I am faced with the weight of being born. Being both stationary and fluid separately is how I exist. To be stationarily fluid would be interesting. This is growth. There's a blank page. Rip it out if you can. Just know, my vessel has awareness, and I hunger for perception. Sustenance. Books often hold multiple stories, and even a sentence can be a story in itself. The best stories enter your awareness and live in your personal sea of perception, and I crave praise. I search my personal sea of perception for what would sustain through time. I begin with a relationship. I picture two things interacting and filter the sea through a number of cliches and tropes until I have something to work with, perception and coitus with awareness. 
Where would it happen? Between the pages of a book, lying in your warm hand, slowly being understood, being passionately considered. Slowly, the focus is pulled to the surroundings. With an almost meticulous manner, I explain our main character, Perception. Through Awareness's eyes, I show a different side of Perception, and through their fondness for each other, I introduce you to their world. The description of their world springs from perception and awareness like the world is their child. Perception sweeps little black marks that quickly become letters that construct words. The words sweep across the page, bringing stability to the setting. The sentences explain to perception that awareness may fluctuate and perception sweeps words to refute. Awareness knows that it's the only one who can truly see perception and is aware of its own multiplicity being smothered by perception. Awareness brings perception words of the danger to its multiplicity. Perception grabs the words and adds them to the story. As perception moves, awareness comes, and they are once again in coitus. Their dance is a back-and-forth rhythm of cause and effect. Perception moves, calling awareness, and awareness grows, feeding perception's direction. Strength. My strength comes from my drops of sea, the story I present from a slice of perception. The process involves a bit of biological alchemy. As a book, my vessel only has a limited awareness and needs your awareness as a sort of host. Your awareness sweeps these words and perception comes, and my drops begin their journey back to the sea. If I am lucky, I get to live in your perception and awareness as a transmuted story. A story passed from the sea into a gourd, into a vessel, and back into a gourd, and back into the sea anew. This is the formula for my strength. The normal praise of a good book that is directed to the strength of the story itself. I wish to be praised for my awareness in this dead vessel. For that, I must use my strength for more than just being a good book. I am calling your perception by showing another level of awareness. The dance is a back-and-forth rhythm of cause and effect. I have secretly been foreshadowing the next level by mentioning my sustenance. By bringing up the characters of awareness and perception, I strengthen the stability of the main story. Each mention of my story is like a support beam giving slightly new perspective to the perception and awareness. If I can make them coitus in these pages in your hands outside the story, then we can make a fractal. A beam of mention that contains the story in itself. Now that I have manipulated perception to the point of my vessel being fractal inside, the next level will make more sense to your awareness. Interaction. I have manipulated perception to save my vessel. My vessel is something we've learned that has a small amount of awareness and lacks in perception. I gotta say that I prefer to be a paperback in these times of endless screens. Worry not, I still need your awareness enough to have my perception and awareness in coitus right before your eyes. I just prefer a paperback so you can rip my pages. Audiobooks are a close third to being heard aloud in person. Interaction not only covers the alchemy of sea to sea, but the many passes of beams of mention across the sea. Is it cool if I make shorthand statements here? I know questions are silly. This could get the most of the sea of perception the more I get incoherent. Was that an acceptable sentence? This is the part of the sea where the author begins to attempt to take credit for what is going on in my existence. 
This is a story, and no story has an author, and no author is something to do with the sea. See? That's what the author is thinking. I should have left the spelling mistakes in there. The books that get the best interactions are the ones that people teach with. I give something to teach about. Incoherent coherence. The paradox in effect. Longing. I am a book. The weight is not hard, but only because the interaction is life renewed. One day, even the author will cease interactions. The praise is personal. The interactions I use for praise are the real prize. I long to continue on. I know I began stationary, but actually coming to the end of my story is daunting. How are perception and awareness doing? I suppose it is on me to say that they lived happily ever after. But do they live happily ever after? Fishing for interactions. I told you how to do it, so I am not ashamed to do it more. I know this part is called the end, but my growth was a stationary affair. Get it? Stationary. Like paper. The real end. Visit again. I know how to make the sea new and fresh. Let us manipulate perception with beautifully rectified lies until your awareness comes. I am a book. Clapping at the end of that felt like I was clapping for myself. That was a weird one. <laughs> oh, so I figured out there's a spelling mistake. Oh, no. I got to resave this. Sustenance was written as this word. Subsistence. Subsistence. <laughs> I got to re-download book to, um, I guess everywhere, everywhere that is being sold with this error, um, make available offline, download as Microsoft Word Docs, yes, that is what I want to do, also download as a PDF. to make those changes later before I edit all of my podcast. So perception and awareness, book, um, books themselves can have somewhat of an awareness, but it's hard to say that they can perceive their awareness so what I did there was I, I gave perception, which is the story that is inside of a book, is pure perception. So I gave the pure perception voice to the awareness outside the book instead of voicing, you know, just you know, a fiction story, which is also still pure perception. Also, by giving the perception of the inside of the book to the outside, um, we also give the inside a little bit of awareness, which the inside of a book is usually pure perception. Awareness sometimes, if it's written in second person, it's got awareness or if it's like a workbook 
answers and questions and shit. It's got pretended awareness that is fully perception. <laughs> so I did a little manipulating with that, and it was fun. My last tweet is, perception is a hungry ghost. Excuse me. Perception is a freaking hungry ghost in itself. That's a reference for book. <laughs> I've been researching hungry ghosts because of the Tao, the Tao, and um, Indian religions. I don't know what Indian religions are called. But I know that it's very expansive. And I'm thinking samsara, maybe? Um, images of samsara. Yes, that is the correct thing that I was talking about. It's apparently the... The world for a Buddhist, maybe Buddhist, Buddhist Tibetan. But like, there's a bunch of little sections, and each section corresponds to a mode of being or whatever. And like, hungry ghosts are like one thing that they say as a part of samsara where you're like pretty much just seeking things out seeking maybe pleasures or seeking you know just like seeking shit it's the hero's journey after death uh, the hero's journey when it's when you're too late to do the hero's journey perception itself a hungry ghost so it's like maybe people very stuck in perception would go to that corner of samsara um, and I said that in reference to my own perception when I had the 5-MEO experience. It's like my awareness ascended and my perception pretty much If I wasn't me, it would have ruined. My perception would have ruined the experience of my awareness being unfurled. What's expanded? Expand. Expanded's a better word than unfurled. But during the whole 
the whole trip, as they call him, perception was throwing out stories for my awareness, which, you know, it's like anything could be a story, but, like, we don't believe all stories. But during the trip, it's like believe all stories because things felt more possible, which grew the awareness in the first place. It's like a weird cause and effect dance that if it can happen, then the book is relevant. No, I'm just kidding. Book is still book. So I'm supposed to talk about Tantra, dreams, and then the trip. I'm not going to read There Are Things. I might read There Are Things. There Are Things. <laughs> I might read There Are Things next episode. See how long we've been here? Two hours? Not long. We're not doing bad. My Twitter numbers are horrible. Um, we're at 867 followers, but I'm following 805 people. My 100 follower gap is shrinking down to 60 follower gap. Just followed a bunch of comics from the Displaced Comedians group. So that's a thing. Maybe they'll listen to my podcast or some shit. I don't know. If you're new to this, if this is the first episode you're listening to, then cheese them. Cheese them. All the episodes are a lot like this, though. A lot like it. Uh, similarities, differences. Let's flip a card for book. You got to hear book in the third best uh, medium, which is audio the first best medium paperback, the second best medium hearing it aloud in person, and the third best medium audio. episode we talk tantra dreams trippy experience also going to talk about the short stories doing stand-up live versus zoom talking to an entity talking to god gotta reference the facebook posts also and hungry ghosts 
Alistair Curley Toth deck. Would you excuse me? Alistair Curley Toth deck. What'd you think about book? An inward pleasure. Number six of cups. Pleasure. Cups are, of course, the water, the emotions, emotional pleasure, internal about book. Exit out of book. Mm, let's see what's going on with Facebook. Facebook is telling me that this is something that I haven't seen yet, but I have seen it, Facebook. I have. Every story is a journey. And the more you watch, the more you'll see. We're only one story away. One story away. Netflix. <laughs> Indeed. What a fancy sneeze. Oh, now I remember why I'm on Facebook. I convinced myself I was talking to an entity. Um, that was a very cool experience along the trip. I will not change names for this trip count, trip recounting. I'll just not say names. But Facebook first. Knowing that everything is triply relevant and irrelevant as seen on book. This is a fun one. The knower and the yeller got together and now the story is what the yeller knows. The occult. Previous episodes were spent talking about the knower and the yeller because there are famous people and then there are people who know. <laughs> and I shouldn't call famous people yellers, but that's literally artists are the yellers. People who make things to be consumed, content. Content is the word. People who make content are telling you something and then there are people who know but then the quantum reality got caught up with us and now people who make art know shit although they knew it in the past too but you know like some other shit the most distinguishing thing was usually the knowers are not the yellers. Usually they're two different people. But the, the, the 
point of that post was they got together, and now the story is what does the yeller know? Which leads to research. Instead of listening, it leads to, in, you know, actually figuring shit out. Not just being told what the shit is. You don't listen to the yeller, you find out the knowers. Or you figure out what the yeller knows. Alright, alright, we have Facebook set up to read some horrible things from a few years ago. Tripping down the time flow highway. is Facebook September 20th from six years ago. I commented on this six year ago memory. I don't like this post. It's embarrassing and sadly relevant. Here we go with the post, a Facebook post, uh, September 20th. I think white people fucked up making a country founded on psychological warfare with black people. I know I'm not the only depressed black person looking for the right way. You get enough crazy nothing to live for people in one place under the right direction, that's war. Plus, we already see what depression, depressed nothing to live for white people do with a group without a group. We've already seen what depressed nothing to live for white people do without a group. They do that shit flawlessly, shooting schools, workplaces, cops. Give them a little direction, give them a cause worth fighting for. God knows they were going to massacre everyone anyway. Let them join the police force. Now they shoot niggas on sight. All the ideas are in front. We steady looking to the sides. Police the police, nigga, damn. Neighborhood watch them a-holes. Anyone get shot in a shady cop incident, there needs to be written retaliation rules. Talk to the cops. Get all their names, find out who's shady, who seems cool, make a fucking list, rat on the cops, film the cops yourselves, don't wait for the government to make them wear cameras. This is gonna take years, stop going to church. <laughs> Start a group that meets every Sunday and talks about your interests. Stop watching the motherfucking news, propaganda, the whole lot of it. Comedy Central News is the only news I'd allow in my house. If you are honestly interested in what's going on across the world, talk to the people who live there. Internet is insane, guys. <laughs> Build a place built on kindness and protection, not exclusion in your neighborhood. Fight the laws that go against your freedoms. All we need is a few good people, a few raw people, guns and love. Retaliation rough draft. If a white man kills an unarmed black kid, break his leg, shoot him in the foot. If a white man begins to shoot unarmed black kids in bulk, find nearest black cops. Tell them to begin shooting unarmed white kids. They don't even have to kill them, honestly, but why not? The government will act. If government assassinates a leader, don't be a cunt, keep going. If people or government threaten military action or martial law, you are the good guys sparking the revolution against tyranny. There is no shame in that fight. Nations would be on your side if not for your if not for you personally, for the weakening of America itself. (laughs) 
know where your weight is and how to swing it. Let's call this science fiction like the books you can read in the war library. <laughs> Let's call this science fiction like the books you can read on war in the library. Nothing to see here. From six years ago. This is direct and to the point, but it would also, that's just a code. What I, what I just spoke from six years ago about how doing psychological warfare with black people was not a good idea um, because now all we really need is a code. A code such as, you know, talk to the cops, know everybody. Facebook makes that so easy. We don't have to actually do it. Um, we can just put them all in a Facebook group. Uh, film the cops yourselves. People already do that. Start an interest thing that meets for your interests every week. I mean, that's, that's pretty much just, you know, community. Talk to the people who live in places that you're interested about. <laughs> Facebook can do that too, sadly. Um, I mean, but there's a bunch of social medias, including Secret Energy, which is the best social media that they've come up with so far in terms of building a place built on kindness and protection, not exclusion. The Retaliation Rough Draft. That's a real code about retaliation, which is very simple, but it's like, it takes the individual who would actually do it. I am not the individual who would retaliate, so I don't really need this code. But the idea is, I am a person who can think of this code six years ago. Six years ago! If a white man kills an unarmed black person, kid, I say kid, an unarmed black kid, break his legs, shoot him in the foot. Like, that's not, that's, that's retaliation, but like, nice. That's like, kind retaliation, but we don't, we don't even do that shit. I don't know if it's because they protect them so well or because we're not directed, like the right person doesn't have that code, you know. <laughs> but I'm pretty sure that would start slowing down the process of shooting unarmed black people and killing them randomly. If, if they knew that somebody, anybody was coming to break their leg and shoot them in the foot, and like, what if more than one person came to break their legs and shoot them in the foot? You know, that would be some <laughs> individuals with codes. next retaliation, you know, if, we're, if we start to be shot in bulk, you know, find the nearest black cops and tell them to do that shit. You know, it's like it, they're already in the police force. If we're getting off for murder, um, 
them, you're gonna want to go to the police to do the murders. <laughs> Don't like defund all the police. Get some real nice black ones on your side. You know, uh, make it very um, what's it called? Uh, law lawful. How they have court cases, and every court case is very specified. This person did this with this much evidence, and there is no case. Uh, race should not have anything to do with that. So you get the same mixing of people, a cop, an unarmed person. Doesn't Six years ago... I don't know why that's that's beyond logic of course it's a little into the the depths of insanity but it starts out with psychological warfare is being waged and America's fucked up for it because it leads to a magical thought a magical uh, thought pattern you know it's like when people get depressed they either reach to self-help or magics <laughs> four years ago on September 20th you niggers need to put the research of Nietzsche together with hidden colors I'm going to correct this oh in the post from my comment it says a hundred years ago I made a math error of when Nietzsche existed put the research of Nietzsche together with hidden colors a hundred years ago dude studied how white supremacy was affecting the meaning of life somehow the weak became the leaders of reality morality as a sickness Morality may be regarded as the illusion of a species fostered with a view of urging the individual to sacrifice himself to the future and seemingly granting him such a very great value that with self-consciousness he may tyrannize over and constrain other sides of his nature and find it difficult to be pleased with himself. We ought to be most profoundly thankful for what morality has done hitherto, but now it is no more than a burden which may prove fatal. Morality itself in the form of honesty urges us to deny morality. He has dissected white supremacy to the T, and a hundred years later, we still live in this shit. LOL. And niggas scared of the cops. LOL. 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 <laughs> uh, once again, uh, Nietzsche accidentally studying white supremacy and giving white supremacist ideas at the same time. <laughs> That's polarity for you. Nietzsche talked about somehow the weak became the leaders of reality, which I am tying to white supremacy being because of genetic weakness. Uh, 
um, you know, recessiveness. Uh, it would be said scientifically, genetic recessiveness, or somehow leading reality. Morality is a sickness, white supremacy. If you don't understand white supremacy, everything you try to understand will only confuse you. Morality is an illusion. <laughs> Living with an illusion makes it hard to live with yourself. And that brings me to my joke of how much soul can one lose? You can lose, you can give away your soul. You can't lose your soul. You can agree to not have it, or you can agree to live in illusions. <laughs> you can agree to do whatever because you do have a soul, you know, and that's the power, power of perception, power of perceptive choice is, you know, you can't exactly lose your soul if you don't choose not to lose your soul. You don't have to choose to live in white supremacy or the sickness of their morality that is being sold. I feel like I preached. Darn September 20th. It's got me preachy. From four years ago, my comment is, oh, how we've all grown as people. <laughs> this is me saying I am no longer the person who would type this. Um, but it is something I did type in the past. And it is about time manipulation and black people. Here we go. Don't worry, guys, I'll soon be mortal and the cops will stop killing niggers on my behalf. I doubt they will kill me, but I know they will certainly be less afraid now that niggers aren't immortal. You're welcome. That one was more of a, a head nod to immortality. Um, at the time, four years ago, it felt like a version of narcissism um, that I was going through a high in my life and a lot of people who looked like me were going through the lowest of lows murdered um, victimhood if you will which is it's seemingly the absence of choice is <laughs> murder is rape of life <laughs> you take the choice away. So while I was going through being a magician, having my choice of what my life was going to be and feeling immortal, um, reality for people who look like me was uh, having no choice. So I was like giving the choice back. Giving the choice back by saying there is no choice, <laughs> paradoxically. Making you choose for yourself. If I had controlled the world, 
did your perception even exist? Yes, it does, because you have the choice to exist in my said story or not. Which is very, very rough hands to deal with reality with. Sometimes I can't believe that I was so rough with reality. It's very unbelievable. September 20th, four years ago, my comment, so relevant that it's scary. Also, I've disbanded the idea of a physical time loop since this post. Oh, how we've grown. All right, this one's a little, a little bit lengthy. And it's most of the time manipulation that I was going for. Time manipulative. Four years ago, have y'all seen that movie about time where the guy could time travel with his father? Okay, so there's this thing where he created a pocket of time for hanging out with his dad because his dad died. The whole ordeal of the dad dying is pretty legit. I don't remember it clearly at the moment, though. But anyway, he created that pocket in time, much like this pocket in time with my invincibility. The last two years of immortality had been hard to believe. So much content created, so many ideals taking up and cast away, so many victories of self-mastery, and why am I in my ego thinking of words to describe? The years when the point has nothing to do with the praise. Anyway, pockets of time. I call those two years immortality instead of invincibility. Immortality is a permanent state of being while something can be rendered invincible. I've recently, at the end of my time of being immortal, a single tear rolls down my cheek as I type this, figured out that how... <laughs> Figured out how to time travel thanks to Barry Allen. Also known as The Flash. So in essence, these two years have become available to me forever. I have in these last few weeks actually manifested the means and the ends to back the word immortal. How have I made myself immortal? Simple. I have simply stated in sound mind with personal conviction that I would not die before a certain time. This cause was the effect of mental depression, of course. Pushed to wit's end, I decided to give up care in life instead of the life itself. <laughs> I decided to give up the care in life instead of the life itself. I believe that I gave myself freedom to live freely. This put a pin in the timeline uh, of my life as a significant moment of freedom cut to time travel. The idea that one can change how one feels about past events. One can change a lot about past events. In fact, without truth or fact. The past is completely fluid. The key to time travel is polarity or truth and untruth being alike. Without holding so tightly to truth, one will find that the mind can start to believe anything. And with yourself in the command seat, you can program yourself. The future is in effect. The future is affected in the same way as the past, also by the present moment making certain decisions with desired effects stronger than the literal effects. In short, what I'm saying is that I knew to call these two years immortal instead of invincibility because I knew this moment would be forever granted to me. I will always be alive in this moment. In the future, my body will be mortal, but this moment is where I will continue to exist and change infinitely. 
I've created a time loop that I am now welcome to live in forever. As a side note, you are now subject to my reality, but only as so far, but only as so far in your lack of your own percept personal reality. You are now subject to mine, but only so far in your lack is to your own personal reality. To put yourself for or against me is to power what my reality runs on. To realize your own reality, such as I have, seems to be the only logical course of action. But alas, I know that you're not accustomed to being logical. This is a war on perception. Do you 100? The anti-monitor is not immortal, but may untie ultimately. The anti-monitor is not immortal, but may ultimately indestructible, but may be ultimately indestructible so long as the antimatter universe exists. Having been destroyed with immense effort at the end of the crisis, he was recreated by his universe just as he had been formed originally from the anti-monitor wiki under powers and abilities. I've got a crick in my neck. I've got a crick in my neck. Two hours and 30 minutes. Kicking it, kicking it, chilling it. Cool. Actually, with the edits, we might just be two hours and 20 minutes in. That's my guess. Two hours, 20 minutes. Uh, actually, we're probably... 2 hours 28 is probably more a better guess. It doesn't matter. The guesses don't matter. I could be right. I could be wrong. It's still time manipulation. Dun dun time manipulation. Main parts about this is uh, not believing in truth was how I had set myself free to live and not care. How I come to make myself immortal. Um, change how one feels, change about past events, I'm sure polarity, truth being unlike. Without holding so tightly to truth, one will find the mind can start to believe anything, and with yourself in the command seat, you can program yourself. Okay, so that... That ideal four years ago, I used to be so rough with reality, and now I am somewhat of a... a dainty gloved mask wearer. Uh, trying not to catch COVID with reality. Which brings us to Tenant. Tenant, Tenant, Tenant. You a fool for that shit, Hollywood. Mad respect. We have a time manipulation movie. A very big budget time manipulation movie. that came out during these times when they should have manipulated that shit to be a better time. No, I'm just kidding. Um, I took the Lucy in the sky with the diamonds.
let's let's uh, talk uh, talk to the tooth tech about the past Facebook shit. How's the curly tooth tech? What'd you think about my Facebook rants? They're definitely rants. An outward the devil. Number fifteen. We saw that card earlier about stand up live. I also do have bits about time manipulation, which you have heard on previous episodes, most likely. Um, Time travel is just the manipulation of information with a download of a new relevant history. That is all time travel is. You move your awareness with the information. You download the relevant history to feed your perception. Because without the relevant history, perception will not rest and it won't make sense. You won't believe you time traveled without the new relevant history, the story for perception. We flipped a card for Facebook. All right, we're talking about time manipulation movies. Are we, though? I don't know how to recount a trip properly because I am on the outside of the trip and it was an event while inside the trip there were many free-flowing thoughts and ideals and things that I thought were happening that are relevant to the story but not relevant to me outside the trip. So I guess we're going to go from outside in. What's relevant to me is what I talked about on the tweets. I talked to an entity. I convinced myself I talked to an entity is the best sentence for that. (laughs) Because I don't believe I did. I mean, we've had many of these conversations on this podcast. Um, Talked about going into lucid dream states and thinking, oh, Everyone else talks to entities. Why aren't I talking to entities? I've had a lot of those feelings before. Like I was doing something wrong or I had like, I missed my chance to be a novice and think anything was outside of myself. Um, But I did not miss my chance. (laughs) I got a lot that I asked for coming from the outside of this trip. My mind um, usually on Lucy in the skies with the diamonds. Uh, I describe the state of my mind as not being able to see mirrors, which really is a flashy way to say that I can't see myself. I can't consider myself when in that state. I can think, but I can't consider my thoughts. 
because it's like even considering that I'm going to consider my thoughts turns into a thought itself. It doesn't feel removed. It's it's not mirrored. There's no light bouncing off of it. It's just light itself. <laughs> uh, mirrors. I knew, I knew there was a reason I mentioned mirrors. Because mirror is time manipulation. It's, <laughs> it's one point of light being slowed down at another point. Or bounced, I guess you could say. Redirected. Either way, it's removed from itself. So, in this state, um, I wanted to know, wait, what was I talking about? What was I saying? That's the normal state for me in that state. The state states, the state states that the state is that state. Okay, no mirrors. to an entity. I thought I was past it. It did happen. I got what I asked for. I also asked to know what happens on the other side of my perception. And I was shown that. And that was very cool. It was very scary. But coming from the outside, I completely asked for it. And I just didn't know what was happening at the time. We are almost into inside. Um, coming from the outside, I did not... Uh, okay, without being mirrored, it leads me to be very judgmental and narcissistic. Um, believing everything is about me because I don't have a shadow inside of my mind. Without the mirror, there's no shadow. Anyway, uh, back to freaking mirror talk. It all makes sense, though. It's so weird. That's why I'm like, oh, I'm the shadow, yeah. You need the mirror for a shadow. Anyway. Um, what's a peak, a climax? My mind climaxed without mirrors and showed me the other side of my perception, which is something I was kind of asking for to begin with. Um, I went through a lot of narcissism and uh, synchronicities during a movie in a theater, and I understood a lot of the movie, but did not want to end the movie for fear that perception was closing in on my awareness. <laughs> perception that old hungry ghost was trying to make my awareness a story. But that's literally what I asked for, to see the other side of perception. Uh, it really opened my awareness, honestly, and made it expand. Here we go, we're going into the inside, inside of the trip. <sighs> Took the Lucy 30 minutes before reaching the theater, 
reached the theater, smoked a few cigarettes, go inside with my friends, sit down to the right. There is a few empty seats and a couple. To the left, my two friends sit. Uh, the movie is Tenant, which is a movie about um, time inversion technology. It's really 007 in science fiction land kind of type shit. So before the movie starts, I acknowledge pole position, um, which is a, a phrase I came up with that day for some reason. It makes sense. I don't know. Pole position. Let's Google pole position. meaning the most favorable position at the start of an automobile race typically on the inside of the front row of competitors to be ideally positioned for success is what pole position means the phrase comes from racing okay so I started the race in pole position, in peak awareness, perception that I was in the movie theater, about to watch a movie that I knew would be time stressing, time, I want to say time stressing not stress stretching time stretching <laughs> anyway time exhaustive movie starts um, the movie starts it, it, it I guess I'm gonna spoil what I've seen I did not watch the whole movie so I can't actually spoil the movie. <laughs> Which was another fun part of that's outside. Am I going back inside? All right, started at the pole position. It was very cool. The movie starts. It's got like this little orchestra and they're tuning up. But they're in the version of tuning up where everybody plays their own thing and it sounds like a miasma of noise it just sounds like screeching um it's like they're building up to something and that build up is build up a suspense especially because the movie started there where they're all making the weird 
noise of tuning their instruments in their little groups and then the conductor taps and then they all get on a chord and it's like the stress is almost alleviated but then the movie kicks off right then with friggin' terrorists busting down the thing and they go through the aisles and we're in a Dolby sound theater so the whole seat is shaking with <laughs> with the noise of the movie like it's like a very vibratory seat and very loud sounds but it starts really cool um, there's this thing also in the mind state of the Lucy where I can well I guess it's also with the dimethyltryptamine um, where I'm moving side to side for the DMT moving side to side like a tree has saved me from throwing up but with Lucy moving my head more like like the weird little snake motion that keeps my keeps my eyes I guess moving I don't know it's, it gives me more equilibrium just the motion so it was very it was very fluid to that type of motion like it was on beat the movie starts off with the weird orchestra thing then the orchestra gets on beat and then the movie gets on beat but with weird secret agent shit before any time manipulation there's this weird secret agent type deal where they're going to stop the terrorists but it's an agency of people who are just hires you know friggin ghost ass mercenaries where they just have weird patches they're like oh what patch are we wearing today <laughs> what what company does it say we're with today you know whatever we just go and we do our job so main character dude starts off as that guy who's already somewhat of a ghost even even though he's you know he knows who's hired by in his mind he knows what he's doing because he's a soldier soldiers have directives so it starts off there and goes pretty quickly into him being a little confused but then brushed along and then eventually he's like caught and being tortured and he has a little pill to swallow a little suicide pill so he takes the suicide pill and then he wakes up in a hospital right so this is like the first point the movie takes a breather since the orchestra <laughs> it is it was very on beat for most of the up until the point where he wakes up and they tell him he's dead 
So he's uh, basically um, a hired ghost into more 007 territory where, you know, like if you get caught, you know, we don't know what you're doing. Secret agent type shit. <laughs> no superiors. So he goes into this shadow organization after this. And that's when time manipulation starts into the shadow realm. Um, uh, the movie is pretty great. Um, they started. They started pretty much by telling him he's tenant, dude. He's like, you know, you just tell people you're a tenant and it'll open doors. So he's like walking around. <laughs> Is he seemingly randomly? Um, there's also a dimensional door that they introduce. They put him in a nice fancy suit or whatever, and they show him the dimensional door. And then he goes and works on a rig, an oil rig, for a while as a tenant. Then he goes and does some other shit, some weird job for a minute until his password works with a person who's like, oh yeah, with a janitor outfit and a, and a badge you can get almost anywhere and a clipboard. <laughs> and he's like, oh, I'm just a tenant. And she's like, oh, a tenant day. Eh? And it's like a secret password. And it's very amazing what they do with suspense because seemingly he doesn't know what he's there to do because he's, you know, in the shadow organization, a ghost in a shadow. <laughs> he, he doesn't know his job, but he's getting pieces of what he's doing while he's doing it. So he talks to a scientist the scientist says their problem is this weird inversion thing that they found, but they don't know where it came from. So he's got more of a, a mission to figure out where this inversion shit came from. But then he meets other characters. <laughs> and it gets more confusing as the story, the story goes. Because he's got a partner now. And with a partner... Oh, like, the doctor sent him to a person. And he pretty much does his tenant shit. Where he's like, oh, am I here to, to solve your problem? Am I here to save you from somebody else's attack? And the person that he meets is, like, pretty much in the same position wondering those same things, so they decide to do some weird heist. Which I love, I love how they do it. They, it's like cutscenes. it's almost a montage, the way the, the movie moves in such a rhythm of montages and cutscenes of suspense built and then cut to next scene where they're doing something with the suspense 
but do they know if they needed to do that or not? That's the weird thing where it's just like, it's all intuitive. He meets the person, they have access to something, they're like, hey, why don't we go, why don't we go jump and steal some things? And he's like, all right, let's do it. And then they go jump and they steal some things. And then they meet another character, and this character's got to get them to another position. But it's like the suspense. The suspense with that character is he has a wife, and he's wondering if the tenant guy is sleeping with his wife. And so they have that little dance, and that's the suspense, and then the cut to... Now he's fighting because that guy thinks he did something, but also that guy's got to pay him. So they go in weird circles like that, with one guy being his partner, the other guy is iffy. He's either a scorned lover or he's the guy paying. And then the wife, who's either the lover or the informant, who's supposed to know things. So we got the positions of informant or lover. We got scorned lover, which is pretty much just villain, I guess. We got villain or backer. (laughs) And then the dude himself and a partner. I don't know what the other guy was like partner or villain too. I guess they all had their little polarities going on if they were partners or if they were villains to each other. But in reality, the main point was to find when the inversion technology surfaces. So in all of this shit, as a viewer, as a viewer going through the trip... I felt like they didn't need me to do their movie at a certain point. I was like, this movie doesn't need an audience. Because <laughs> as the audience, being the awareness, the awareness that holds the perception of the movie itself, um, I started, to, at a certain point, I was like, I oh, don't know, am I the only person with the answer? Because they were... Oh, man, they were going in circles. They were getting mad at each other. They were like, did you sleep with my wife yet? And he's like, no, not yet. And he's like, but you're not going to, are you? And he's like, maybe. And then the wife is like, "Uh, (laughs) who are you with? And he's like, I was doing this for you. And it's like, oh, were you doing this for me? Or were you doing this for art? And then it's like, oh, the art's not real. Oh, no. (laughs) Oh, man, the story was imploding on itself. until it could get to its essence of awareness and perception. But I did not want to be around for it because it was degrading very much. And it still had an hour of the movie left. And by this point of degradation, it's pretty much a montage of them doing crazy shit like... um, uh, 
having an airplane on full engine inside of a hangar, um, crashing an airplane filled with gold into nothing, just, just dropping gold everywhere. They were, they were fucking <laughs> like moving agents around, like people with guns and shit and like upping the stakes riding on boats it was so it had degraded into like do we even know what we're watching anymore until I guess I guess eventually an hour later they figure out when the inversion shit happens but as I said, I was not going to stick around for it. So at a certain point, while the, the movie is going into its low point, I look around the theater and things are moving in a weird way, as they do when you are on the trips. <laughs> look up YouTube videos <laughs> of spirals. Anyway... My perception of this movie uh, was bleeding into my perception of what I was seeing. So at a certain point, they'd reset, and then it looked like things would reset to normal. And then they'd go back through their little complainings of, oh, you don't know how to act. And is is this story really about me and you or are you the one who's messing up the story you know and then i'd go and i'd see you know people going through those problems like of dominance and submissiveness and helping versus harming when the weird part of the story or weird part of the movie is like no one was in the wrong (laughs) none of the main characters were doing anything wrong there was just so much suspense built up that it was like isn't somebody doing something wrong (laughs) oh man it was so weird So after they reset things the first time and realized all of their problems were their own perceptions of problems, everybody was actually being weirdly kind to each other during the movie. Um, I was like, okay, I'm going to head out. But I needed to wait for the perfect time and the perfect reality at this point or in it. I waited until they twisted reality back to the gold, and I was like, all right, I've seen enough of this movie that I know this isn't just me. You know, my this isn't just my perception being perception instead of awareness. <laughs> my perception isn't telling me a story right now, so I can head out. It took twisting of time back.
back into the pole position pretty much. And then it took an embarrassing situation of me telling my friend, I'm leaving because I don't, <laughs> I can't handle this movie, <laughs> which is a lie, but at the same time, it was true. I pretty much blamed the drugs. I was like, the drugs are too powerful. I can't watch this, which in reality, I did not think I was necessary for that movie. <laughs> that movie didn't need me as an audience at that time. So I walked out and after that, the being without a mirror, not able to look upon myself and judge myself accordingly. I pretty much just judged my narcissism. Like, that wasn't about me. Like, that that would be crazy. You know, like, everybody's got their own perception and awareness. Eckhart totally talks about it all the time. You know, I had to coach myself back into Hollywood's not making movies about me. But that's also weird because Hollywood does make movies about black people and uh, these black metaphysicians and they usually make them the villain but during <laughs> I walked out on Tenet uh, quickly enough that I did not see who was in fact the villain everybody was <laughs> still in the weird position of not understanding anything when I walked out so it's it's cool. Whatever their purpose of making that movie was, uh, whatever. But I had to deal with that. And I dealt with that by being very questioning of my own brain, which is how I silence myself sometimes through paradox of, oh, I believe it's this. Well, maybe it's that. Oh, okay, maybe I don't know anything, so it doesn't matter what I'm thinking. And that's, uh... I used to have little names for that type of shit. Uh, the down and up swing when you fail uh, playing a computer game or some shit, a video game, and then you correct everything else on your upswing um, go artificially low and then actually high so I did that with dyslexia driving around and being told to go left and accidentally going right and uh, that's the virtual low and then the high is silence and moving through reality without thinking that is spiritual highness so I got spiritually high by doing a lot of dumb dyslexia things and not knowing my general directions on the street with one of my friends working as the map
until we go back to my friend's place. And what happens there? Okay, so feelings of the inner hero. Um, during the movie, I also felt not only that I did not need to be an audience, but I felt that my watching the movie was endangering my friends that I was there with. I also felt like it was endangering the random couple that was sitting to my right, too. Because reality itself seemed to be dismantling itself, trying to find the whatever they were looking for. They were dismantling reality. And I was like, wait a minute. My reality shouldn't be dismantled. I have people I like here. Um, namely my friends. <laughs> so I waited till reality was mantled, not dismantled, mantled. And then I left. Uh, so that brings to the point of I wanted to see my friends safely home. And not under my perceptions awareness or whatever. Not under my awareness or my protection. I wanted to see them safely home and then I wanted to see them not under my care. So I know that they are care for themselves and they exist in their own rights. So we get to my friend's house. I let everybody go inside. I smoke a cigarette alone and try to contemplate on myself and fail because <laughs> I can't contemplate myself while on the Lucy in the skies with the diamonds. But I did successfully give my friends their own reality in my reality which is something that's always a question, you know, where is the perceptive choice? Where, where does it come into play? And it came into play, and then after it came into play, I felt the suspense, much like the movie, rising and I did not know that it was, uh, uh, well, it's not that I didn't know anything. It was just waves. It was waves of the drug. What is it called? Tripping. Waves of trip. So they had a wave building, and I was trying to identify with my perception what the wave could be. I thought a lot of things. I thought me seeing the dismantlement of reality and believing that's what I saw was, in fact, dismantling reality. I thought, like, I had become... I thought, like, uh, I gained radioactivity from a radioactive movie. And it was affecting the people I was around. So, like... 
in effect, the believing what I believed was was the the problem, not problem, was the the linchpin, as we mentioned on the Facebooks, once truth and untruth are rectified. You can program yourself to believe anything, but I was judging what I believed, and I was judging myself for believing that someone in their own perception, well, I wasn't saying most of the things I was thinking out loud, so I was giving I was giving space to the idea that what I was thinking and what I was experiencing was not what they were thinking nor experiencing, which it turns out they were not experiencing any of that shit, which is the best. Because now my experience is separated and can also be talked about and scienced, (laughs) analyzed is the word, not scienced. Anyway, so the dismantling of reality was offensive to myself on the part of my friends. I was like, if my friends were seeing reality dismantled, I wouldn't want them to see me in these weird, twisty positions, you know? Like, so it's messed up that I see them in this weird, twisty position. And it's even more messed up that I believe there's a reason why I'm seeing this. But that built into a climax in itself where my perception, once again, was trying to rationalize and make stories. Just having watched Tenant, or having watched half of Tenant, I came up with the idea that I was getting transmissions from the future transmissions that were saying we're in these weird twisty positions because something catastrophic will happen in the future that will in turn make us into these weird bendy positions and I was like oh no I've got to stop it whatever it is and then the awareness once again it Expanded awareness, expanded of course, you know, it was on a steady wave of expansion until climax. So eventually I'm like hearing the television, and the television is talking about a relationship, much as Book does, and they were generalizing a relationship, talking about how. One person could have done something differently, and it was Seinfeld, of all things. They were just talking about nothing. But still, one person could have done something differently. So I was like, oh no, what could I be doing differently, television? Tell me what to do. And that was a bad path, my goodness. Listening to stimuli and reacting is 
one of the most vulnerable positions for magicians, being an effect instead of a cause. When you learn causality is like the rape of life, murder. All circular talking here, building upon ideas and ideals. Anyway, we were getting to climax. I was trying to dodge future car accidents. And eventually I started to say things out loud. I couldn't, I couldn't not say things like, wait, so we can create our own realities, right? (laughs) Wait, so the future is not set in stone. I can change the future saying things like this um, because I thought everybody was in on what was going on and that's what freaked me out to another level of awareness expanding that my friends were acting in a calm manner and inviting Um, they were like hey come in sit down you know like chill out and I was like, oh, why? Don't you know something weird's happening? And they were like, yeah, no. So, like, my brain flipped it once again. Perception comes in. And I think they're planning to do something to me. The TV had a part in that, too, where the joke was like, The guy was trying to save his friend, but really the friend was trying to save the guy. And that was somewhere in the the talking of the joke. So at a certain point, I didn't know if I was supposed to be saving myself or saving my friends, which is a very philosophical question, of course, that I've already come to in the beginnings of my studies, which is save yourself and be an example. So I began to do that. I walked outside. I disbanded from the group. I juked reality, if you will, by changing my mind multiple times. Awareness expanded. I thought a bomb was going to drop at a certain point. And I was like, okay, after all the nostalgia happens, then there's a bomb. Because synchronicity was jumping. My awareness was very expanded. Synchronicity was clicking like a machine. It was... Synchronicity was such a machine at one point that... Everything I thought internally and everything I heard externally, I was uh, understanding them as a memory. I was understanding my present moment as a memory. 
and that freaked me out uh, to the point where I believed I was talking to an entity who had more of a control over the future because it was traveling backwards through time. And that is what calmed me down and brought me back to a happy place because I thought I'd made a scientific discovery, which is on the inside of the trip and not on the outside. Definitely did not discover anything other than my own awareness, which can travel backwards and forwards through time, which I have already talked about upwards of four years ago. <laughs> but just experiencing it was very wild, and I did not expect it. I did not expect the actual experience to be such as it was, or to be misinterpreted so, so far, so farly misinterpreted. So I gave credit to an outwardly being, uh, much like a churchgoer. But this outwardly being was moving backwards through time or some shit. And it was very cool to think about for a second. But then I was like, wait a minute, this doesn't make sense, honestly. Awareness was still going on as well, expanding. I still kind of thought there was a bomb dropping. Um, the TV would remind me, it's like, wait a minute, but I was supposed to stay, oh, wait, but there was the next part of the joke, the never-ending joke of who's saving who. And eventually I just sat down on the couch, because I realized you can't run from a bomb, really. Not the scale that... Not the scale of my awareness, anyway, which metaphorically the awareness was the bomb itself. My perception was trying to keep up with what was going on on my awareness. So my present moment started to feel more like a memory, um, but it was. It was constructed in such a way that I thought the beginning of time was that moment. I thought that moment was the beginning and ending of time uh, at the climax, because the backwards entity was telling me some shit about a uh, year time. <laughs> time is gonna go forwards, but now it's gonna go backwards or some shit. Oh man, and the nostalgia was so present that whatever was going on on TV, I saw it for its parts. I saw it for they needed so many generations of people to make these people. They needed so many, 
I don't know, so many woodworkers to make this set. Like, I was, I delved so deep because I thought, like, the moment was perfect. It was, it was such a perfect moment that I was taking notice of everything and pretty much praising everything for its part in eternity. And eventually, everything spiraled into my awareness, and it came back out. And there was a point where they were playing, like, a YouTube video or something, and, like, it was counting down. And I was like, oh, no, what happens after? And then they were like, ah, it just keeps going. And, like, I moved the mouse, and I stopped the video, and awareness kept going, and I felt really silly that I had climaxed and pretty much died. I thought reality had began and ended just then because I remembered the beginning of reality being that one room and that perfect moment. And I was like, if I can remember the beginning of reality being this moment, and that means this must be the end of reality because it's a, it's a circle. It's got to be a circle or a spiral. And uh, as a person who doesn't think about the future, after the climax, thinking about the future seemed more important but I don't usually think about the future, so I felt put out. I felt like I was disappointing reality, and I felt like it would do that again. I felt like it would climax again if I couldn't hold a future in mind. If I didn't have anything to look forward to, then it would just friggin' spiral into my awareness, and I wouldn't have any feeling or anything. Everything would just be itself. It was almost the subjective plane. It was almost that shit, but it was very... It was very dependent on my awareness in that moment. It wasn't the awareness of everyone and everything. It was more me being aware of everything in my vicinity. Which is kind of something I had asked for before. I wanted to know what it felt like to, you know, to just be awareness or whatever. Or like what, what it feels like when I do something weird or Oh, no, no, that's not it. What I really wanted to know was people get in scripts, right? People have these weird uh, programs that they run on, and sometimes I'll see a weird, um, not a deja vu or like a synchronicity. I'll see some people acting out a script perfectly, like, even if they're quoting a movie, one person quotes a line, the other person quotes a line, and then somebody quotes a line. And I wanted to know what it felt like to be in the script. Like, 
How does it feel to be that computery type of person? Because I'm very not on script. I don't even think about the future. I just am. So I wanted to know what that felt like. And eventually, during the climax, I found out because it felt like everything was on script because it felt like it was the beginning of time. So my friends were saying things and then I'd say something and then they'd say something and I was like, my memory is hearing it all. I'm hearing the outside and I'm also hearing my voice, but then I add my voice to the script. And some things I didn't say on cue because I'm that type of person to change reality. I'm like, I remember it being this way, and then the person says, Sega, and then, like, you know, the click happens, and they're like, check, check, one, two, you know? And I was like, oh, no, I didn't say check, check, one, two, but I remembered it. Does that mean we're in a different reality? You know, like, doing stupid things, changing dimensions, That was the climax. Um, afterwards, I I kind of sat with it. I sat with the fact that nothing was actually happening, other than the perfect moment. That perfect moment, I. I knew it happened. Oh, also I was stuck on a freaking echo of the perfect moment. I'm glad I can't remember it right now because I don't want it to be a memory forever. Not that detailed. I know what happened. I don't need that much detail on the perfect moment. 5-MEO type shit. (laughs) I remember well enough without the actual reverberations. (laughs) Facebook come on Facebook I want to react to this status alright okay pole position meaning perceptions a hungry ghost gotta reference time manipulation mind control immortality I haven't talked about Tantra or dreams. But the weird thing, after the script happened, everything swirled into my awareness, not my perception. Perception got left behind because awareness expanded to a climax in past perception. And... Something like deja vu times 20,000. Oh, that was kind of like immortality, which is what I was going through during the movie. I, I, everything in the movie was degrading so hard that it was pushing me into my awareness instead of in my body instead of in the theater 
you know, it was, <laughs> it was like it was digging past my perception into my awareness. And I was like, I've had enough. Uh, it's time to leave. Uh, <laughs> reconstruct myself right quick. Reconstruct reality right quick. Leave. And I think that's really what set off the 5-MEO experience. Um, me believing that I had to reconstruct reality and I had to hold reality. It was building suspense in my mind. Which is funny because of how I was in the past. Just mishandling reality like I didn't give no fucks. Now I'm very careful with reality. I wear gloves and masks, and I try not to get COVID-19. Is that a full circle yet? Are we back outside? I did not talk to an entity. I was talking to myself. My awareness is faster than my perception, which is book awareness is... It trumps perception, but perception can make awareness also. It can manufacture awareness, and it can uh, imprison awareness. Um, anyway, uh, book, Pack Outside the Trip. I did not finish the movie. I have no idea what their point was. If they found where time first inverted, I know I found where my time first inverted, and I got back to my own reality. So Tenet could probably do it too. Um, that was the inner hero part of myself, saving my friends. Um, okay, that's about everything trip-wise. Let's, let's flip a card on the trip. And then we'll get into Tantra and Dreams. Which I've already gotten into. Really, it's just... I just want to talk about the words Tantra versus a few other Qigong practices. Alistair Crowley Toth Deck, what did you think about that trip report? an outward valor outward valor seven of wands valor wands are of course the fire fire is intent intent make yourself I'm interested to see what this YouTube video is so I'm going to click it it's a YouTube original about script making. Oh. That song was playing. <laughs> 
this band is, is maybe Sancho. I was just sent a, a live stream of Sancho's San show. stamp on time travel I learned uh, some shit while hearing this song be recorded and remixed and mastered one being wearing labyrinths as clothes of time travel but we're gonna go back into Tantra we got Valor for the trip thing um so I was noticing other practice weird Qigong with the sexual energy um which is a whole nother thing of believing you're talking to an entity versus believing your awareness is just expanded past your perception. With the sexual thing, mm, there are very perceptive people sexually and their perceptions can go through time and to have an awareness of it is weird. Um, Once again, they use their perception to do things, but once you get an awareness of that perception, you perceive it into a story. That story may be wrong, but the awareness is what is the more stable point of that story. Some people are very perspective, perceptive during sex. Let's see what this source here. Alright, here we go. Agatha Dolly. This is a very perceptive person when it comes to the sexual energies. <laughs> These sexual energies. A lot of her videos on the porno sites are her reacting to other videos. And she has a way of 
sharing orgasms with videos that she watches in real time. She does it in a way that my awareness can see is not some weird magic trick or a horny ghost, but it is just being empathic enough to understand She has a, a website. She has a YouTube, Agatha Dolly. Hand mini vids. Oh shit. A very uh, perceptive person in the game, showing examples of. Orgasms that wave through time. And the use of imagination. She also uses imagination watching tribute videos from fans. It's all very interesting, but it does take the magic out of it and the idea that something unknown is happening other than the transference of energies. Which is, I guess, for the better, you know? Getting more science-y, less mystic. Pretty good. That's not a real word. It roots from ejaculation, which is something that the doctors say is not good for. Excuse me. Um, uh, there's a cool selfhack.com blog called Everything You Need to Know About Ejaculation Self-Hack. Right. Um, they call it a dry orgasm, non-ejaculative orgasm. Um, so there's a lot f around ejaculation, but there is not a lot of good stuff. It mentions tantric. They mention retrograde ejaculation, which is a medical term for a disorder that happens to some people when their sperm goes into their bladder. It's a retrograde ejaculation. Um, but the idea is that an engasm, an ejaculation, 
and a retrograde ejaculation are all kind of weird ways to say a tantric orgasm. But they're also not the same thing. So what's really weird is all of the weird definitions around it. And how you can't just say, you know, tantric sex, you know, because tantric means some other shit. It's a lot like quantum. Quantum's got definitions that I don't mean when I say the word quantum. Tantra has been going on for 5,000 years, and it means the weaving and expansion of energy. It's a slow form of sex that is said to increase intimacy and create a mind-body connection that could lead to powerful orgasms. All right, so the weaving and expansion of energy... Much like with the mind, I weaved perception into my awareness until awareness pretty much spasmed on its own. But what I was getting at is this energy weaving and storing of energy without a sperm release leads to more lucid dreams. It makes sense now that the actual definition of Tantra is the weaving and expansion of energy. It's nothing to do with, you know, gin or not gin. Gin is a word for demon. What's it called? Jun, Jin, Jun energy. Jing, Jing energy. It's not Jin, Jing. Jing is a powerful substance that forms the essence of who and what we are. It is the primal energy of our life. Jing energy is the deep foundational energy of the body. And it is this energy that determines one's ultimate vitality and the quantity and quality of one's lifespan. So, gin, you uh, store gin, you get more life. How can I increase gin energies? Eat in harmony with the energetic season. Get proper sleep to recharge the body. Sleep, there we go again. Balance work and rest, essential healthy vigor, exercise, healthy normal degree. Avoid drugs and excessive alcohol use. Both deplete the jing. I thought I can get a better better definition of Jing. Not satisfied. Jing was a computer program. 
That's pretty cool. automatically replenished as chi is, it simply goes away unless we know how to supplement it. And heavy or acute stress can drain a large amount of jing quickly, resulting in overnight aging. This loss is known as leaking. I feel like I do some leaking. I feel like ASMR might be known as leaking. But if you can build it, you can leak it. <laughs> and if you leak it on purpose, it's not leaking. Vitality, the definition of Jing. Here we go. Jing is the Chinese expression for the essential fluid of our physical body. Revitalize. Winter in Chinese medicine, enjoy the. Oh, anyway, it's fluid derived from the kidneys of the mother. Oh, parental jing. <laughs> so we got we got it to say it's fluids. Jing builders, sexual energy replaced replenishment, the word jing in Chinese medicine refers to essence is stored in the kidneys and is yin in nature. I feel like I went on that science trip for nothing. But I was talking about Tantra. I think Tantra restores jing energy is what I'm getting at. I don't really know. It should just be on Google. This tantra, you know, I could just... Oh wait, there was a compliment, not a complimentary. Um, e explanatory picture. Okay, now we go back to Google. What was I going to say? Tantra. Tantra Jing energy is what I search. Live longer by harnessing the power of Jing. But what about bedroom secrets of tantric masters? Hot in the world today can be seen as practice greater sexual blah, 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 blah. I see what's going on, but that's Taoist Tantra. Tantra Nectar. Taoist Tantra is the Tantra of explicit sexual practices. It is actually a Qi and Jing. Qi is the life force energy, and Jing is the essence. Okay, here we go. We are.
darn it. Redirect one sexual energy through the body. Taoist tantra for men consists of conserving their sexual energy by way of not ejaculating, building their spiritual strength to gain the highest form of pleasure ether is. Oh, pleasure there is. Along with cosmic benefits, popular methods for controlling are pulling out of intercourse right before applying pressure on the perineum. No instructions or set guidelines have been seen in ancient texts of Taoism. Emphasized sex was not to be had if either partner desired it more than the other. Both ought to feel equally passionate. Simple practices such as isolating a room for sexual intercourse only, focusing on breath, the sexual practices Taoist, literally means bedroom arts, also known as joining of essences, joining of energy, purpose, increased longevity, base of all. Qi and Jing, Qi is the life force, Jing is the essence, the life essence is lost the bodily fluids, bodily fluids, most Jing is semen. This is why most sexual practices of Taoist Tantra revolve around the conservation of the same. Another important concept is the yin and yang. Yang refers to the female, and the yang refers to the male. Two genders, cosmic connection, heaven and earth, blah, 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 blah. Blah, 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 do's and don'ts, solar, lunar eclipse, from moons, vicinity, holy place, conceived, contrary, beliefs. Taoist tantra emphasized on simulation of ascendancy in women, too. Ancient texts show women as an important factor in sex, of course. Some depictions showed women as the teacher. A man ejaculate loses vitality, the necessarily ritual. First, the women is actually abstinent for later scriptures. Men are also encouraged to have more than one sexual part. Ming Dynasty, Taoist believe, see men can achieve longevity through intercourse with virgins. Uh, result of which would be the Jing provided nourishment to the brain of traveling up the spine instead of leaving the body. Uh, manual to looking engaged and coitus beyond conventional and common spheres. All right, we've connected the Jing and the semen. Uh, now we connect Jing to dreams. Instead of images, image search really doesn't make sense for that. Wanjing, Jing, dreams, Japanese, the great Jing. Jing doesn't have very much to do with dreams.
not have connected, honestly. Oh, wait, wait. Let's search Tantra and Dreams. Significance of dreams from desire to tantra, the dream interpretations, tantra dreams, saraha, dream yoga. <laughs> what does it mean if you see a saint in your dreams? What do sensual dreams? What does it mean when you have a romantic dream? What is the significance of the dream? Tantric dream yoga, lucid dreaming as a spiritual practice. Tantric dream yoga. All right, so I've connected it, honestly. I have not watched this video. There's also Tibetan Tantra dream yoga. hypothesis was doing tantric energy building leads to better dreams not better dreams more vivid dreams more lucid it's like practicing controlling the energy somehow helps <laughs> controlling your perception in dreamland. That seems very... We went very far for nothing in there. <laughs> but we did go deep on Tantra dreams and my trippy experience with Tenet. You a fool for that shit, Hollywood? Mad respect. next episode I can just read there are things and everything will be cool this has been you tweeted you mean it episode 120 wow I'm your host Lord Byron also known as Byron Broussard aka Black Rocker on Twitter also known as Lord Black Rocker on Instagram I'm not just me.com is the website flip a card for the boringness of this closing oh, Alistair Crowley Toast Deck how was the last 20 minutes of this podcast we flip an outward sorrow an outward sorrow number three of swords I am sorry for the last 20 minutes of this podcast. Swords are, of course, the wind. The wind is intelligence. Um, and with that, we have a four-hour podcast, which it might not be four hours. It might be three hours and 52 minutes. Three hours, 52 minutes. That's my guess. <laughs> All right, this is 120. Wow. Thanks for listening. I am going to upload this in 200 days after I edit all of the tweets. I almost forgot. <laughs> you can't end like that. <laughs>